Hey guys, good morning. Hopefully you guys are enjoying 2023 already. I just got back from Utah. I did a quick trip to get some snow experiences for my kids. Being a desert kid, you don't really get that very often here. And um, man, we had a blast. We took some sleds out, went near Duck Creek, and had a great time. But I'm glad to be back here. We drove back last night. My name's Evan. I'm one of the pastors here. And um, we are just, man, I'm just loving that... uh, you know, we're heading into this, this new, new year with a new series, and uh, this year is pretty, pretty big for me, okay? So uh, this is the year that I turn 40. Uh, I feel like that's a big, that's a big deal, um, because it's like when you're in your 40s, it feels like you're just like, you're just like a grown, grown up, um, and you're just grown, and... There's no looking back uh, at that point. You kind of like get by with being kind of like the young, cool guy in your 30s still, uh, but not in your 40s. You're just kind of like, you know, in a different phase. You're just established, right? And, um, and so I got a wake-up call um, about kind of like the fact that I'm getting a, a little older and my body's not quite what it used to be. Um, last year when I was asked to host a middle school conference, and you know, with middle schoolers, you have to like amp it up. You have to like bring it to the next level because they, they get hype and you want them to get hype. And so uh, what I did was I, I, I put on an eagle costume. And eagle, if you don't know, is the mascot for our school. Um, and I, I thought, man, I'm going to put on this great track that's going to get people excited. And you know what would be really great about that, man, if I had just like this, this big moment uh, for my entrance and... So, you know, I came out, I like went like this, I was just like, you know, the music was playing, and I went to the back of the stage, and I backed up as far as I could, and I started running straight ahead, and I got to that edge of the stage, I jumped, and I fell. Um, You know, (laughs) I thought a lot about the cool part of flying in the air as an eagle. I did not plan my landing very well, and as an almost 40-year-old, what happened was I collapsed when I hit the ground. So this is concrete, um, doesn't have much give to it, uh, I, I found out. And I collapsed. So I, I get up and I'm like, ooh. And I start like just limping, just like around the room. But I'm like high-fiving kids, you know, I'm like still going. I'm still going. I, I jump on stage. I didn't jump. I like limped on stage and I was... I was good, you know, adrenaline is, is a beautiful thing in, that, in those moments. And so, got on stage, finished the, the, the conference, and my knee just started just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I went to the cafe, I was like, you guys got some ice, I'm hurting. And so, put some ice on it, took a picture, sent it to my wife, she's like, oh, whoa! You know, like she freaked out more than I did. I was like, oh, this, this is a little thing. And she's like, no, no, you need to go to the doctor. And so, went to the doctor, found out, um, what I'd done was I'd broken my leg uh, jumping off the stage and was in, on crutches for a little while. Uh, so I learned my lesson. I'm not 25 year, you know, years old, as I think I am in my head, you know, but um, I need to also just be careful because, <laughs> uh, this is a side note, but uh, I was asked to do like a workers comp um, for it. And I'm talking to the lady on the phone and I'm like, like yeah, this is what happened. And, and then, uh, you know, as I hit the ground, this is what happened. And she's like, was there any other way to exit the stage besides the way that you chose? 
I was like, yeah, but it, it was the shortest distance between where I, I was and where I needed to be. And that's, the, the, that's how I, yeah, where I chose to go. So um, I got denied, by the way, just in case you guys want to know about that claim. They weren't buying that. So, um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm turning 40, you know, I'm thinking about my body and I'm like, okay, so how do I stay in shape? How do I make sure that, you know, I'm physically fit as I enter into my 40s? So what do I do is I Google, um, what are the minimum requirements for uh, someone uh, over the age of 40 to stay in shape? And uh, I learned some things, okay? So I, this is not meant to shame you if you're over 40 and you don't do this, but this is just what Google told me. Um, you need 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity a week, okay? So I'll do the math for you. That's two and a half hours. And that's not it. And you need to have two of those days be kind of some kind of muscle building activity. So I don't know if that involves weights or you're just doing whatever. Does that seem like a lot to you? It does to me. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it really does honestly feel like a lot. I'm like, you know, I got three little kids at home. I got, you know, a full-time job, I'm doing all the things, you know, and uh, trying to fit all the things in my schedule, and I'm like, man, two and a half hours a week, and then, how's it, oh, oh. and I'm like doing the math in my head, how is that going to work, and I have all these excuses for why that is not going to work. Well, if, you, if you're not careful, right, if you don't pay attention to certain areas of your life, they start to, you know, kind of Essentially, you start to have some warning signs, right? And my warning sign was I broke my leg. Um, but, and, and that was my physical response. But if you kind of shift your focus and you're looking at like more of your spiritual life and you're, you're thinking about, man, how do I grow as a Christian? You know, I think a lot of us, you know, we do think about the minimum requirements. And we do think like, oh, man, what, what, what do I, what's the, what's the minimum I need to do to be a good Christian, you know? And I think in America, what we've concluded is you attend church. And it used to be, a, used to be attend church every week. It's not quite that way even anymore. The, the minimum has got even lower. And I think, you know, I say attend church. I didn't say be a part of a church. And I, I specifically said attend church because a lot of people just literally show up. And I know that's, that's important, okay? We do need to show up. I think it's important, and I'll talk about that today, how important it is uh, to show up uh, in that way. But I think if we're, if we're not careful, you know, things will come up, and we'll make excuses, and even that we won't live up to. When God has so much more for us, church, Church of Lake Mead isn't just about showing up here. This isn't just a, an attendance thing. You know, it's much, much more. And Jesus calls us to a, a life lived in surrender, in obedience to him. And we're going to talk about today, what kind of like is the secret sauce to that? Because we kicked off this new series uh, on the word last week. Brad had a great kind of way to kind of get us out the gate um, with that. And uh, he, he made some points. He said, look, it's undeniable. The word of God is life changing. Okay, the Spirit of God will illuminate the words in here, apply it to your life, and literally flip it upside down. I don't know if you all experienced that, but it, it, definitely, it definitely has changed my life, engaging with God's Word. And the thing, if we treasure Scripture, we're, we were told last week it's going to transform us. It's going to make us new. And the other thing Brad pointed to was some statistics. So 
he put uh, on the screen some stats over people who fully engaged with Scripture and, and what that does to them. And um, he said, you know what it's going to do to you? It's going to bring meaning and purpose to your life. And so when we think about like fully engaging with Scripture, what does that look like? And, and uh, you know, what does that mean to fully engage with this book? Because honestly, I think this book's a little intimidating. And we went over that last week too. Like there's a lot of things you may not understand in here. And it may be something that's like, man, I haven't, I haven't dusted off this in a little while, you know? And it may be something that you're like, man, I'm, I'm not really engaging with this. What does it mean to fully engage with this? Because look, I grew up in a religious home. I was a faithful church attender. Every Sunday, we went to church. And not a day did I open up this book for myself. Not a day. I was completely clueless of what even the difference was between the Old and the New Testament. I didn't have any answer to that. If you told me, hey, look up in, a, in Leviticus, da, 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 I'd be like, well, Leviticus? What is Leviticus? You know, I'd have a really hard time navigating the Word of God until I was introduced to a group of people who I thought at the time were a little radical because they read the Bible. Um, but they were, they were called Christians. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> And uh, no, it was this Christian group at UNLV uh, called InterVarsity, and it was this, uh, this group of people who loved Jesus and loved God's word, and they opened it up together. And I remember like going, going to Bible study and just having the word of God just come to life. Just, just having it kind of, just, just God speaking to me through it. And I was like, ooh, and I got a taste of what's something I think is really, really important in the Christian life, which I think Again, I think in America, we've kind of like taken a step back from this. But it's what Tim Keller kind of, who's one of my, my guys, when I go to, to understand this, this book, I'm like, what did Tim Keller say? Um, because he really does help me understand this word. And I think we all have kind of our favorite communicators when it comes to that. But he put it this way, and I, I think I agree with him. You can't know God apart from biblical community. You can't know God apart from biblical community. And see, we, we kind of, especially living in an individualistic culture that we're in right now, right? In the, right now in America, it's every man for himself. I'm an individual. It's my choices, my preference, and how I want to do things in my little comfort zone, all right? And I get to tailor all the things around me based on my preferences, okay? And what makes me feel good. And that's, that's America today. Well, that's not necessarily the Christian life. Uh, we're not called to be lone rangers in our faith and, and, or, or just honestly like kind of like mystics where we just kind of like have this kind of thing where we, you know, we have this like God just teleports like words to us and we're, we're only focusing on God and it's this private little interpretation that I have just for myself, for me and myself and I'm going to have these special, you know, revelations that, you know, no, that's not how God designed it. He's got a lot of checks and balances built into the church, all right? Because we're to read in community, all right? We're not just to read in isolation because that can be actually really dangerous in how a lot of cults have been formed. And so we have to make sure that, you know, we get together. We have times where we pray together over God's word. We dialogue together over God's word. We discuss God's word together. We dig in as a community. And I think when Paul was writing to Timothy and the church was so fresh and so new. Um, he was like, here's what I want you to, he had a few things he wanted to make sure were, were priorities 
in the church, in the early church. And uh, he wrote a letter in 1 Timothy. Um, and in chapter 4, we have, we have this. This is Paul speaking to him. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. So we have here Paul prioritizing communal reading over private reading of God's word. He's prioritizing. He said, make this, make this a thing, all right? Just don't let it be this individual thing where only a few people get this. Make it a, a, a public thing and read it. And, and it was practical. At the time, a lot of people couldn't read, all right? They weren't formally trained. They didn't have a lot of education. So it was important that this was done. But at the same time, it was, it was saying the church is supposed to be about biblical community. And it's supposed to prioritize that. Now, I'm not telling you don't study the Bible on your own, okay? You really, really need to do that um, because this is, a, this is a lot here, and God does speak individually to you, um, and that's important. You know, in the morning, I find myself, I'm a cereal guy. Anyone else like cereal in the morning? It's just, I grew up with my favorite cereal, Frosted Mini Wheats, one of my favorite, you know, things. It's got, it's got a little bit of sweetness, but it's got some healthiness to it. Um, <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I realized as a grown-up, um, now that I'm turning 40, that cereal's expensive. It ain't cheap to buy these boxes of cereal that are like $6 or whatever. And so I'm cutting back a little bit. Um, you know, sad to say, Pop-Tarts are kind of a thing in my house. I know my mom told me never to eat Pop-Tarts, but they're cheap and easy and it's just so cheap. Um, so I'll, I'll get my breakfast. I'll put it down in the morning. Make sure I put my Bible right there. Make sure I put my journal right there. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'm reading through systematically through uh, the New Testament. Um, and I'm in the, in the book of Luke. And, you know, I'm writing down notes. I'm writing a prayer out. I find it hard to, you know, I still got kids at home in the morning. So I find it hard to, to kind of just zone in sometimes. And so I'll write out my prayers in my journal. Psalm 1 puts it like this. A blessed man. A blessed man is someone whose delight is in the law of the Lord and, who's, and who meditates on his law day and night, okay? We are to have a lifestyle of being surrounded with God's word, meditating on it day and night. But I just don't want us to lose sight of the fact that we're called to communal reading of scripture, to engaging it together in biblical community. So I wanted to, to get real practical with you guys. I'm gonna get real practical later. Just wait and see. Um, but I, I looked at the life of Jesus and I said, look, there's essentially some layers there of how, how he did community while he was on earth, how he taught the word while he was on earth. And what that kind of dynamic does for us, it kind of gives us a little bit of a model that we can follow. And uh, I, put, I put it on a circle just to kind of make it real practical. All right. So if Christ is here, he always had a posse. He always had a crowd. He always had a, uh, a group of people who were interested in what he had to say. And that group of people were the crowd, kind of described in the Gospels. And, you know, a crowd is a crowd, right? Like, this is a good example. Sunday morning is, is, is a crowd of people. You, you know, characteristics of a crowd, you don't know everyone intimately here. You probably can't name everybody's name in this room. And that's okay. You know, crowds are really important in terms of they're great for teachers to have a platform to teach. And when someone is trained in teaching, they have a gift in teaching, it's important to have them share that gift 
with the body of Christ. And so that's why we gather around on Sunday mornings, you know, in a crowd to learn from God's word. Romans 10, 17. Um, I'm not going to give you the verse up here, so maybe you can look it up yourself. Um, is consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So really, we need to build our faith. And we do that when, when Brad walks out here and we're worshiping and maybe we're like, oh, I'm not like, I'm not feeling it this morning, whatever. And Brad gives you a, like a little, you know how he does his little coaching moments. He just gives his little like, Ooh. you know, that's to build your faith. All right, put my eyes on Christ right now. I need to be focused. I need to worship right now. And um, it's important that we, we lean into that, right? And we, we make sure that even when we're in a crowd, um, you know, that we don't, we don't see it as something like, I'm, I get to step back, and I don't, I don't need to participate. Because Sunday morning is a full participation kind of thing. I've seen you all at sports, sporting events. I've seen you all get into uh, your favorite team. You know, why can't we have that kind of experience here on a Sunday morning? Why can't we lean in and get excited and say amen, you know, on a Sunday morning, all right? Why can't we do that? Um, but here's the thing. I think here's, here's, there's a few factors that play into like this, this kind of like spectatorness of, of Sunday mornings. But I think it's because a lot of people have, have become conditioned to be a consumer, all right? Especially in our culture. We, we've been conditioned to, to say, what's in it for me? And I hear a lot of people complaining about Sunday mornings a lot of times. Oh, I didn't get anything out of that. And that may be true. It may not have connected on this deep, personal, crazy level for you that Sunday. But let me just flip that around for you. Because I want you guys to consider church not just being about what you can get from church. But how about, what if you showed up every Sunday saying, hmm, what can I give? What can I give this morning? And first and foremost, what can I give to the Lord? Are you ready? This is, you got, got incredible instrument, instrumentalists showing up this morning, incredible vocalists leading you in worship, and you're going to sit there and just watch them? They don't want you to watch them. I'll, I'll tell you that on Car Carolina's behalf. They don't want you just to watch them. Right? They want you to engage. You know what? A little tip, at least for worship, for me, has been just to close my eyes. Because that takes my focus off of what's in the room, and that puts my focus on the Lord. And it just really allows me to connect with God in this, in this deeper way during worship. But I think, you know, I think it's about, too, giving. Like, there's so many people who show up here early and stay late to, just, to, just to make sure that this happens. This isn't a one-man show. The pastors don't run this show, you know. This is us. This church doesn't happen without all of us leaning in and giving and serving and being a part of the church. But let's go a little bit deeper than that. We have the community. The community is a little, I got to do alliteration, all right? I was my wife was like, okay, what's, I was like, what's another C word? We got another C word coming up, okay? But uh, we got community here. That's the best I could do. Uh, for the, the group of 12 that Jesus brought to him and said, you're, you're kind of, I want to have a kind of a closer relationship with you guys, his 12 disciples. And often he would teach and he would, it says in, in the gospels, he would take them aside and he would explain some of the things he, 
he was saying. Some of, the, some of the parables, they may have been confusing. He would explain them. And also he would, he would say, he would give them a little more insight into his plans. He would say, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm going to suffer and to die. And they might not have understood it, but he, he was giving them just a little bit more insight. And I feel like that's what happens when we come together in those smaller groups. Our life groups here are designed to be around that size, 12 or less, okay? When you really get over 12, it becomes kind of hard to have a group discussion. Um, really, the ideal, ideal, ideal size is 12 and under. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a place for us to experience community together because there's a truth about church engagement that I, I think a lot of people miss when they just attend to church, and it's this. People aren't looking for a friendly church. They're looking for a friend at church. They really are. We show up on Sunday, we want someone to talk to. We want someone that knows us. We want someone to engage with. I think as a pastor, I get a little, I get a, a little removed from that, right? Because, you know, everyone kind of knows you if you're on stage. But like, I've been at churches and not ever kind of had a friend. And it's hard. It's, and, and that usually happens for a, one season or another, right? I've had friends move away or I've been new at a church or whatever. But really, like, the core, this, this, this community, oh, go back. Don't, don't look at that. Um, this community part is really important. And there's, there's on-ramps to this that we've designed to help you get from just the crowd to the community part. And here's some things. One of the things is Jumpstart. We've been doing that over the course of this past year or so. And man, we just have people, complete strangers, show up here for six weeks. They walk out and they're like, they love each other. They're friends. They're like, they, they just, they go and they do life together. And they, they go into homes and they're praying for each other and they're meeting with each other and they're studying God's word together. And it's a beautiful thing. That's one of our on-ramps. You know, we have a lot more groups that are, are starting, that are looking for for, for people to come and to engage with them. You know, we have one that's launching uh, up in Lake Las Vegas. Apparently, a lot of folks who are like, oh, how do I put this? Uh, they're, they're <laughs> this is what I was told because I, I said this all wrong last service. They're seniors. They're like, don't you dare say the elderly are a part of this group. And I was like, no, 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 no. See, okay, see, more of our seniors are moving to, to Lake Las Vegas, and um, does that work, right, seniors? I was told that was okay to say that. Okay, anyways, and we have a group that's starting. Uh, this incredible couple just wants to go through the word with other people, opening up their home. We already have a couple that are meeting there, and uh, they're looking for people to, to join their life group. We have my buddy Manny, who is a, is a good friend of mine, and he's like, hey, you want to get lunch? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you want to get sushi? I'm like, Yes, I do, because my wife has a thing with fish for some reason. She does not like fish in any shape or form, and uh, whenever I get a chance, I'm like, I'm all in on sushi. So we went, we sat down, we were eating sushi together, he's explaining to me, he's like, look, I just want to do life with people. I want to open up the Bible with people. Man, I'm, I'm opening up my house uh, this next month, this is whoever wants to join it and just learn about God's word together. So here's the thing. There's a QR code in front of you. That's our lineup. If you scan that, there's going to be a life group interest form. If you fill that out, we'll connect you to a group. I don't want you to have any excuse in this room. You walk away and say, I don't know. I don't have a friend at, at the church like me. I don't want you to say, uh, 
But it's going to take a little bit for you, right? It's going to take you to kind of potentially put yourself out there a little bit. Get outside of your comfort zone, meet some new people, maybe go to a house you're like you've never been to or whatever. And, you know, that's a step of faith for you. It really is. But God's going to meet you there. 100% God's going to meet you there. And uh, he's going to help navigate that with you. We have some incredible, incredible people in this church. Um, so I hope you take advantage of that. Lastly is the core. The core, really, there's 12 disciples, but there was three guys that kept showing up in the Gospels that were kind of like pulled aside. That was Peter, James, and John. So these three, this core group, Jesus kind of had close to him. And when, he, when things got stressful, when things got crazy, he made sure those, those three guys were close. So when he went to the garden, right before he was crucified, right before he was arrested, he took all of his friends to this garden, and he was praying. Um, he asked these, these three guys, hey, come. I want you to, to spend the night with me praying. And we know the story, right? They fell asleep. They, didn't, they weren't quite ready for what they were being invited into. But they were the ones that Jesus wanted close to him in, in his most vulnerable moment. And that's, that's really important, that we have kind of a core group that can be around us. And I want you to know why. What's the why behind this? Yeah, you know, it's cool to have close friends. We all know that. Hebrews 3.13 says this, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Sin is deceitful. There's oftentimes we don't even see the sin in our lives. Or maybe there's a pattern or a habit or a hang-up in our life that we've just rationalized, that we've kind of put to the side. It's, oh, you know, I'm not going to deal with that. And it maybe has festered and grown, or maybe it's this thing, kind of thing in the dark that you've hid for a little while. Well, God has really designed biblical community to unearth that stuff, to kind of bring it to the surface, to deal with it, to get healing, to get forgiveness, to get repentance started in your life so you don't keep down that road. It says, encourage one another daily, right? Your, your life group, that's important. You're going to meet with them weekly or biweekly, but those three are going to be checking in with you. Those three are going to be the ones you lean into for prayer. Those three are going to be the ones you're going to be vulnerable with. I love in our men's ministry, and I'm going to give a little thing because half the room has never been to a men's breakfast, so you wouldn't know this, um, but the dudes in the room should know this if you've been, been to men's breakfast, but we have a little acronym uh, called LEAD, and I'm going to get this right because Adrian's in the room. And he's going he's gonna to judge me if I don't get this right. All right, so it's an acronym. Uh, the L is for life, right? Yeah. Okay. Almost, I don't need to amen, Adrian, because I know Adrian's in the front row. So um, education, accountability, and discipleship. Well, those last two especially, accountability and discipleship, the sweet spot for those are the core people in your life, are about, about groups of three. There's even a list of questions we give to our men to ask each other. And you go through this list of questions. You know what the last question is? Have you lied to me about any of those answers to those questions? Just to make sure there's some honesty there. Because guys like to hide. And when we kind of lean into biblical community, that stuff comes to the surface. And it's good because God gets to deal with this. Um, but I know this is kind of hard to facilitate right, for people, because I know people have different connections and stuff, but one of the on-ramps, besides going to, you know, men's, men's ministry, is, uh, is to actually 
go to a, a part of Lake Mead U. We have a class, um, and it's called the Power of Yes. The Power of Yes was actually designed to be in a core group, kind of like a smaller group, where someone could learn through this curriculum that Brad wrote just some of the fundamental ways to, to surrender your life to Jesus. And it's a great uh, curriculum. We're only gonna, we're strategically only covering the first like 10 lessons in that class because we want to form groups as we go along in that class so that we can let people continue the curriculum outside of that so they can have a life-on-life kind of environment in that. And so if you're like, oh, that sounds great. I want that kind of smaller group. Uh, you can sign up after the service for Power of Yes in the lobby. But we're not done yet, all right? We're not done yet because I, I told you we're going to get really practical this morning. We we're going to do something together. Here's what we're going to do this morning. And the extroverts in the room are going to love this idea. They're going to be like, yes, I've waited all my life for this moment. The introverts in the room are going to shrivel up when I say what we're doing next. Um, we are going to talk to each other, okay? I know that's a lot to ask. We're going to talk to each other, and here's what's going to happen. In a moment, I'm going to put something on the screen. It's going to prompt you to uh, do something. The first thing is just going to be introduce yourself. How long have you been a part of this church? Just you know, share that with, with the person uh, around you. So you're going to find a group of like three, four, five people maybe um, just, just sitting around you. Uh, and you're going to share then how... You, we're, I'm going to put a verse on there, and I'm gonna, you're going to share what you think it means with each other. You don't have to have all the right answers. You're just going to share what you think it means. All right? I see some, some like, people getting a little uncomfortable. It's okay. All right? So I'm just, I want you to kind of feel what it feels this morning to take a step into biblical community. And I know we don't do this every Sunday because um, we, you know, we don't have enough time. But I would love for you guys to experience just a taste of what that's like. And so... Uh, and a count of three, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a slide up. And trust me, it's okay. This is, you're going to get through this. It'll be great. Um, so one, two, three. All right, turn to our neighbor. If you're watching online, why don't you turn to a friend that you're with or just reflect on your own. But turn to our neighbor, introduce yourself. Okay, okay. Why don't you wrap up? To wrap up what you're sharing today. Love that you guys are talking. Love that you're sharing. Man, oh man. Love this. Love to see y'all connected in the room. Thanks for bearing with us online. I uh, just really want to give you guys a taste of what biblical community's all about. Um, and it's so important that we do this. It's so important that we look at each other and share what's on our hearts, you know, share your perspective on God's word because we each have lenses that we look through. And uh, how God's created us is that the, every human's perspective is limited. And that's not a bad thing. That's actually good. It makes us more interdependent on one another because to have a full understanding, we need to lean into one another and we need to share the view from our unique lenses when it comes to the word of God. Because as a church, we need each other. We need each other's lenses in this because we're gonna learn more together than we are apart. And we wanna grow in our relationship with God. 
And I want to just reiterate, you can't know God apart from biblical community. You can't know God all by yourself. I want to just challenge you today. If you've been content just being a part of the crowd, would you consider in 2023 making a next step? Going a little deeper in that circle? Would you consider saying, man, I'm going to put myself out there a little bit and I'm going to lean in to biblical community and maybe take one of those on-ramps into that. And I want you to do this prayerfully. Of course, I want you to do this, you know, in a posture of just, man, God, what are you doing in my life? Because honestly, what I'm telling you, a lot of the things that we deal with, a lot of the, the problems that are weighing on us, you know what the key to that is? Bearing one another's burdens. The scripture we just read, we're to love each other. God is love. How do we express that? We come together as a community. We share what's on our hearts with each other. We pray for one another. We equip one another with the truth that is found in God's word. And I want to speak to those in the room who may have heard me and said, I got a group. I'm doing life with people. Man, I got this core group of people I could trust and I could call. Here's what I want to ask you. Is there one more invitation that maybe you can ask God to lead you to? Maybe there's one more seat at the table, one more person that maybe doesn't have that that you can be inclusive with. Because in our table series, we talked about how we don't want to have closed circles. We want to have more of like yous. But there's always, there's always a space available to invite someone in. So would you consider that? If you're already in a group, you're already part of this life-giving biblical community, maybe you can extend an invite. Would you ask God who that may be? And I want to pray for you who are, who are just taking that step of faith today, who are saying yes to potentially living out this in 2023. I want to pray for you that the enemy does not distract you, that you don't believe any of the lies, that you're better off just doing your own thing, or you've tried this before, and you're, you're not going to put yourself in a position where you're hurt again, because God can bring healing to you, life-giving healing to you, through saying yes to biblical community. So let's pray.